0: A huge shout out and thank you to the sponsor of the show, Cave Canadian Apparel. That's Cave with a K, a Canadian company focused on keeping you comfy without compromising on style and aiding in the destigmatization of men's mental health. Check them out and remember to use promo code Glenbrook Podcast for 10% off your entire purchase.
1: Welcome everyone to another edition of the Glenbrook Village Podcast. We got Corey, Alex, and Herbie here. Andrew's running a little late, he's uh getting an enema right now. <laughs> But, prayers uh, up to our guy <laughs> but we got a special guest with us here today he's uh the owner of two towers He's the founder of the one love music festival if you've been to a hip-hop or an r&b show in calgary there's a good chance this man is the reason behind it we got bugsy brown with us today bugsy how you doing man
2: what's up guys i'm good i'm good how you guys doing
1: i'm chilling man I'm good man sun sun is shining finally in cleveland so you know Oh, we've had some good weather we in Calgary too, so.
0: <clears throat> not bad. Summer's around the corner. Shit's opening up.
1: I'm fully vaccinated. So, you know, waxed and vexed.
0: I've got my second dose coming up soon. I think I've got another, another week to wait. And then hopefully we're there. Yeah, we're going to start okay. doing
2: uh, bottle service packages with vaccines at, at your table, <laughs> man. You can get the the, the, <laughs> the, the the Pfizer package, the Moderna package comes with Gray Goose and you get you get those shots as well, man. Just get your ass in <laughs> the pack, man.
0: <laughs> Does it come with a nurse to administer or are you hey, trusting course, everybody else man, to do of
2: it? Of course. <laughs> the the Johnson and Johnson table's all the way at the back for like thirty bucks. It's all the way in the back, so <laughs>
0: That's the that's the one time shot though. That should be the expensive one.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, but it's like it's like <laughs> drinking cheap tequila, man. You don't you don't know what, what's gonna happen afterwards.
0: That's, that's very that's true. That's a Good point. Got to put the AstraZeneca <laughs> back there too. The,
2: well, yeah. <laughs>
0: Astra's not even allowed in the club. Head her the <laughs> fuck
2: out of here. Astra's the girl that R. Kelly dates. She can't get into the club yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, fuck! But yo, we wanna we're gonna kick it off. Ah, uh, so I wanted to ask you, like, what were your beginnings of two towers? You know, any difficulties that you might have faced along the way to get it to where you got it to now?
2: Oh man, um, yeah, man. When when I started doing concerts, it was not normal to do hip hop concerts in the city. I mean, there had been. You know, one or two every year. But um, when we started doing concerts, it was a complete different world, right? I mean, the kids these days, they don't realize having a weekly hip-hop concert in Calgary, that seems like the norm, but it was absolutely uh, not the case back when we started. So, um, you know, I, I actually started working for another company, uh, that used to focus a lot on just parties from there, I started doing my own parties, eventually started two towers, and then that 's when we started doing a lot of concerts so um, i 'd say about two thousand and eight uh, wow. is when we started doing that <clears throat> and uh, yeah man it, it was it was hard. I mean, you go to a club or or a venue and they would they would charge us probably twice as much for the room. They would ask us to have extra security, uh, police presence. Like, you know, one of my mentors, you know, he does a lot of, he, he used to do a lot of rock and roll shows and uh, now does a lot of the EDM stuff. I mean, they'd be doing shows where guys would be getting carried out on stretches because they had an overdose of Molly, but yet my shows, I had to pay like three times the cost to produce them. Right, just because of the stigma that hip hop carried, and in, with, with some people, it, it still carries that that stigma, right? And and just getting outcast as a as a stepchild. So we we had to really fight those battles, and uh, it wasn't just me. I mean, there's you know some of my competitors too. I'm not going to take all the credit, but we we did. We had to fight a lot of those battles to 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 kind of get a hip hop show produced in Calgary, and then came the battle of actually trying to get artists to look at calgary as a viable option to come play right so you're looking at two sides of the equation where you're really fighting battles to to create that hip-hop concert culture in calgary that didn't really exist at the time
1: has it has it changed more now like with the stigma of you putting on a hip-hop show do you still face that same struggle like when you have to book the shows are they still charging you like extra like that at venues or has it changed a little bit?
2: No, you know, I, I I, mean, I talk this to everyone, right? I mean, I think that some of those perceptions are still there, but now they're just more hidden. I still think that venue owners and stuff, when they hear hip-hop, it's like trained in their mind to look at it from like a negative light. Um, I mean, it's it slowly, it's slowly disappearing, but... I would say that, I mean, hip-hop's the biggest genre in the world right now, right? So it, it, it's changed, right? I mean, you used to be, you know, back in the day, hip-hop was like this this like bubble for, you know, the people that were were hip to it, right? And then now, everybody and their dogs listens to hip-hop, right? So it's, it's different. But I still think that some of those negative stereotypes exist, right? Uh, I mean... I think that just goes without saying. But as far as, like, the cost and stuff, like, I think the, the, the it's balanced out now. I think people want that business because, it, it like, like around the world, it generates the most money. I mean, a hip-hop shows nowadays going to sell more tickets than almost any other genre. So they have had no choice but to open the doors, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe not by choice, but they had to open the doors.
1: Well, yeah, because, like, you know, you look you on instagram even tiktok like tiktok's big now too and these kids are just dancing to all these hip-hop tracks and they're bringing back like a lot of old hip-hop tracks too that like you know probably didn't get a lot of recognition when they first dropped so you see it like you see it changing it's like you said to me a couple of years ago like hip, hip-hop's like the new rock and roll like more more and more people are gravitating towards it
2: yeah, yeah, man. I think I think it's number one, and I think you're gonna conti- continue to see that trend. And hip hop almost has a bunch of subgenres, right? So in its o- in its own world, there's like all these subgenres now, right? And so I think that that allows for there to be so much more inclusivity with that because I know so many people who only listen to stuff like you know J Cole, Kendrick, because they they just want that same vibe as when they grew up on Jay Z and stuff, right? But then, you know, a lot of the, the, the kids that, that kind of work for the company and stuff, I mean, they're, they're constantly listening to new stuff, right? They probably never even heard of a full Jay-Z album front to back. They just think he's married to Beyonce and just is, makes a lot of money, right? So it, it, it's changed, man. But, I mean, I think, I think hip-hop is in, in, the, in the best place it's ever been because you have so many options and, and, and so many different lanes.
1: That's true.
0: what that's a good
2: point What's
1: like your
0: is there anything that you've is there anything that you found yourself influenced by with like all the young kids and all the like the young um, people you have working around you is there anything that you've kind of given a chance to and you find is tougher to kind of like get a palate to or get like accustomed to
2: you know that's a good question because when I when the thing is when you get to make a career out of something you love because I loved hip hop before I started working with artists and stuff like that, right? So mm-hmm. the, the biggest thing I've learned is that when I first started, I would book artists based on my taste, right? Like if I'm like, oh, I like this guy. My homies like this guy. I'm going to bring this guy. And I think it was like a good place to start because at that point, we had just started the company, so you don't have like a lot of money to play with, right? We parlayed our uh, um, parties and the money we made onto that. And literally, my partner and I at the time, um, Shine, shout out to Shine, um, we said, fuck it, let's just start doing some concerts. And we literally, no loan, nothing, we just took you know, the, the money we had accumulated from parties and we said, okay, we could do one concert. If this shit flops, you know, we're broke, right? But if it does well, then we could continue. Yeah. So at that time, we were booking guys that we fucked with, right? <laughs> But fast forward to now, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had to say this to so many people, like you have to kind of put like what you enjoy aside and really focus on it as a business. And when you start doing that, it creates this like, um, you know, like there's tons of artists that we work with that I would never listen to in my car, right? Who I think, and I'm like, man, this guy's trash, right? But (laughs) selling selling 3,000 tickets, right? And I'm just like, you know, wow, because and, and that's okay. I mean, that's the one thing you know. Like, I'm I'm older, but I'm not that guy who's ever gonna hate on the new generation, right? It's 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 you know, it's subjective, and and hip hop changes. And just because I don't like it doesn't mean that someone else doesn't like it. So, learning that was one of the biggest things, right? Because I used to remember my homies would be like, "Yo, you bringing that dude?" And I'm just like, you know, it, 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 I have to let that go and just. Focus on it from that business standpoint, yeah. and that's why I have a lot of young people in the company because it's important to me. I always start off every meeting like, "What are you listening to? What are you listening to?" Just because it's important, right? Because getting those artists on the way up, yeah. that's our business model, right? I mean, that's like the J. Cole thing, right? I mean, getting him on the way up, it, it, it took my company literally to the next level, right?
0: Yeah. No, that's a good point. Do you
1: mind like diving into that like a little bit deeper, like that relationship? with j cole like how you how you were able to kind of pick him out and how it, it helps like with growing the company
2: yeah yeah, yeah. i think I've, i think i've told Corey this story but uh so um what, i want to say it was 2009 uh cole had performed he opened up for rihanna at the saddle dome okay and this was like no one knew cole like i mean literally like no one knew cole Right. In Calgary. I mean, only the heads would really know this is like mixtape before the mixtape, the the hot mixtape drop. So Mm -hmm. I had heard about him and I had actually reached out to his agent who was really not a big deal at that point yet. I reached out And he's like Yo who's this guy From Calgary Keeps calling me About fucking J. Cole Like how do you They didn't probably Know where Calgary was And they didn't know Why someone from Calgary Would be asking About J. Cole Yeah So fast forward My 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 wife Girlfriend at the time uh, Because we have Season tickets We were Pulling out of The parking garage At the end of The, the show And we saw A bunch of guys Outside of the tour bus On like uh, Their bikes and I'm like Okay. Yo, that's, that's Cole. He's always on a right? bike. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, he's always on a dude. So he's just like doing tricks, whatever. And I'm like, is that cool? And then so, so my wife, she's like, oh, let's just let's just pull up to them. So we pull up. I roll down the window. I'm like, great show, da 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 da. da. And I said, yo, I'm trying to bring you here for your own show. And like I remember this like as yesterday. He looked at me like, oh yeah. <laughs> who's my agent? Like literally, I'm like, oh, I'm working with your agent. So they're like, oh yeah. Who's your? Who's my agent? Like, because like, he probably gets that all the time. And I was able yeah. to remember the name. And I said, well, this is your agent. So he's like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Fast forward literally six months later, and, and uh, we sold out the, the pallets with him. So we did 1,400 tickets. And uh, at, the end, at the end of the show, I, like, I told my runner, I'm like, make sure before you leave, you call me. So I went to Cole and Eve and I was like yo do you remember me meeting you in that parking lot and he's like oh shit and then and then and he looked at Eve he's like yo I'm like remember I told you I was going to bring you here so from then me and Eve hit it off Cole hit it off we brought him back 2 years later did 7000 tickets at the BMO yeah. brought him back 2 years later and did 10000 tickets at One Love so you know it just like just from that conversation it, and and it's so crazy because J. Cole, every show that is happening out in Alberta has been or in Calgary has been through two towers. And they stay loyal to me every other date, they'll still give me that love for Calgary, and it was based on that personal connection that we made, right? So uh super dope, right?
0: Yeah. That's crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you crazy.
0: get that's crazy. <laughs> that's guy <good. laughs> <laughs> three Oh shit! He's back from his enema. He survived. <laughs> what
3: I do? Sorry for my uh, tardiness. I know I'm a few minutes late.
1: But uh, back to the back.
2: To- <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. I
1: was <laughs> oh. oh, just kidding, yeah. uh, But yo, know, but like, back to the J. Cole <laughs> thing. Like, does that help you with? Because you've booked other Dreamville artists. Does that relationship help being able to reach out to the other Dreamville guys?
2: Of course, yeah, yeah. See, usually when you book shows, it's through the agent, but the offers go to the management, right? And they have the same management team. So, you know, again, through that relationship, and I say this to to a lot, like I'll say it openly, through that relationship, I was able to, like, open up a lot of doors, right? Because I even went to L.A. for, like, this private Dreamsville uh, show where Omen... Cause, Boz were debuting a bunch of, and it was at the, um, ah, man, what was the venue called? It's where Joaquin Phoenix's brother died. It's like a very famous
3: venue. The Viper Room. Right, that's right, yeah. So they
2: had done like this, this Dreamsville, like, like, invite only party, and they just had these artists doing one verse, right? And it was sick, and it was in LA, and literally the room had like 150 people, and this is like Cole, Forest Hill Drives Cole, and Cole and Eve are just sitting there, right? So being able to go and experience that, talk to J.I.D., talk to Earth Gang before they became these guys. And then you put in an offer, and they see it, and they're like, oh, this is Bugsy, right? And, then, and it, just, it, allowed, it allowed a lot of dope shit to happen, right? I mean, we put J.I.D. and Earth Gang on One Love when, like, I didn't even really know who they were. Yeah. But I did it because Eve and them are like, yo, can we throw some of our artists on this festival, and I said, "Well, of, of course, why not?" And then four years later, we sold out JID at the Palace for fifteen hundred tickets. Yeah. Right. So, relationships are absolutely everything in what what I do. Right. Everything. So, absolutely, man, that was one of the biggest moves that that we were able to make. That
0: that JID show was nuts. It was so good. Nuts, dude. It was so well produced, yeah, he, and then he came out with such energy, like his. His uh, stage presence is crazy. For so for you to have be on the ground floor of that, that like those connections, oof.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, he's dope. And and you know all the dreamsville guys. Like the thing that I love about them, they're all so humble. Like mm-hmm. they're just like cool guys. Like including Cole. Like man, I I could give you J Cole stories that will like m- make you guys like even look realize how how deep and just ground ground level headed he is like it's insane like i never met a guy that big that just doesn't act like that yeah. you know even like the humble guys you kind of get a you get a little hint of that arrogance from time to time like i've worked with like thousands of artists right so i i but but Cole is just he's a different he's a different beast man like it's just he he's so he's the guy like in my opinion right yeah
0: no, that's that's fair. That's a good point. What's like your do you find that? Uh, do you find that when? Because I find that like when J Cole and Boss are on a lot of tracks, do you find that Boss is kind of like the under? I fi- I find that he's like the underrated artist on that on Dreamville, and a lot of people tend to forget. Do you find that like both of their relationship seems to be kind of like that? Um, what is it called? It's super like. It's not parasitic. I don't remember the word exactly for it right now, but they benefit each other. Like, they both kind of bounce ideas they off do. each other. They yeah. find like, they're like the, they're like the blueprint behind it when they're getting that stuff done, especially at like their Dreamville sessions and things like that.
2: Yes, yes. I I think Boz, you know, when, when he, when they first came out, I don't know if you noticed, but if you go look it up, you would see Boz and Cause play a lot of shows together. They almost were like teamed up to do a lot of stuff together. But like, they're so different. Like, Cause is like a spitter, right? He's like a a rapper's rapper. But you're right. Boz has, he has so much melodic energy on records. Like, um, the the joint that he just dropped on, on, uh, on, on the, on the off season. What's the joint? Where I, when I first heard it, I didn't even know it was Boz. He was actually singing on the hook, right?
1: Mm -hmm. It was, uh, hold on.
2: Is it, is it honey?
1: um, is it it's not honey Mill It's not it's the one after that one. It was uh Man Hillside. Yeah, look Hillside it up for it. Is that what it's called? Hunger on Hillside or something like that?
2: Hold up. Yeah, but yeah, back to what you're saying, yes, I agree with you because the thing with Cole is that um people look at him as a spitter, but he has great melodies in even his verses, right? And I think that Boz and him have a very similar Style to that, where they can bounce back and forth on different floats. Whereas guys that are just typical spitters, I mean, the bars will be thick, but the flow will usually be the same on the whole 16, right? So it'll be like da 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 da. Whereas, like, guys these days, the Drakes and stuff, they've learned that the, the attention span of some audience is very small. So they'll switch up flows and, and introduce singing and just become very melodic on parts of the verse. And I think that style is what Cole really tried to do on this new album. Like a lot of the flows were not typical Cole flows, right? But he used to kind say, look, I could, I could do this as well. Because that album, I mean, people who listen to Lil Baby can fuck with that album, right? Yeah. Because it has that bounce flow on it a lot, actually, right? right? Mm-hmm
0: yeah well that little baby feature on that cole album was nuts yeah oh
2: man i wish i would have gotten everyone's reaction when he came in because that's that was one of the best transitions i've heard because it was
1: like mid it was like mid line like cole dropped his line yeah yeah baby like picked it up right afterwards i was like i had to replay it because i was like yo what just happened yo? (laughs) (laughs)
2: and i i love when cole put it out that night he didn't release the features so when you're listening to it on spotify it didn't tell you who was on the song but then the next day they 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 updated it and had all the all the producers and and uh feature artists on there so in the in the beginning it was all a surprise so that was that was great well i I
1: like that. that because you know you when you expect like for especially like his last three albums you're expecting no features and it's like, I, I was saying, like, you know, yeah. I, the first person you hear on the album is Cam. Cam. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I was like, yeah. what the that fuck? Like, you know, He's he just shocked everybody. No, that's fair.
3: Is there anyone you, like, were this close to bringing to Calgary that you could, like, tell us about? Maybe, I don't know if that's something you've faced. I know it's a big challenge, like, bringing anyone in for a show. But is there anyone who was um. just on the cusp, but their schedule didn't work out, like...
2: Well, I mean, th- there's a couple guys who didn't get into the country, like the game. Uh, uh, you know, we had that show sold out. Yeah. Uh, didn't get into the country. So, you know, uh, that was disappointing. Um, who else?
3: I know there was Migos. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, the whole one love like, thing, you know, that that's a whole different, you know, story to to, to get into. So, yeah, there, there's most of the time. You know, when an artist cancels and stuff like that, it it, it it's it's like very disappointing, right? But mm-hmm. as far yeah. as actually working on a show that could have worked, um, you know, what the crazy shit is the year before all that shit happened with R. Kelly, I almost had R. Kelly confirmed to play the jubilee Damn. and then when all that shit came out i remember i was like oh my god i'm so i'm so happy we didn't get that show <laughs> right because- that would have
3: taken that would have taken the piss out of your fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have- man <laughs> What what is it gonna say i was gonna say for the future like do you have anyone on the docket that like wants to this- all wraps up that you're hoping to like reach out to or connect with or is that kind of like yeah behind i closed mean doors for you gotta now. keep that
0: to the vest yeah,
3: yeah you I don't want to yeah. like drop too much
2: no i i mean dude we are i'm working on so much stuff like i have like uh, so many offers in for calgary um i'm working on some actually you know i uh it's almost done but i'm working on something in uh, in vegas So, so, you know, yeah, yeah. So we, we, we just finished confirming that. So, um, you know, it is, it is a, it's a festival situation and, uh, it's going to be in Vegas. Uh, so we're going to do it in August long, long weekend and September long weekend. It's called desert drip. Um, so, I, I can't wait to release that, but I, you know like 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 Kirby said, I got to kind of keep some of that stuff to the you know, <laughs> the one on good that. thing
3: about that though is you'll probably get a lot of artists that you'd have like a huge hassle getting into Calgary, right, and you'll get the fan base <laughs> you're looking for too, because we were talking about that on one of our episodes. I can't remember if it was with uh with Benny 10x yeah Benny we were saying that like it, Calgary kind of sucks in the sense that you're doing something that's so good for the city and it's not being fully appreciated to its full value, because it's like, you know, let's say you were in Atlanta or you were, like, anywhere in the States, that would be, like, sold-out show, girls living in minivans for the next five days trying to figure out how they're going to get home after the concert. (laughs) Like, that kind of stuff, you know? But here, it's like, you're, like, handing out free tickets when that should be, like, sold out.
2: So, I, I think that when it comes to concerts, Calgary does incredibly well. People don't realize that. So in the beginning, um when I used to I had to cold call agents, right? Like I literally when I started, I would have to call like William Morris and hang hang on hold for like 2 hours before I could speak to like someone's like agent, right? And that battle of saying let's play Calgary was Like I I might as well fucking have made that my email address. Like let's play Calgary at two (laughs) towers.com because that's all I did for like the first year. Like it's like every single artist manager agent, Vancouver, Toronto, Vancouver, Toronto. And so the, the battles we had to face to say, no, there's a viable hip hop market here. Trust me. Come play. That was a battle, but now, there's like, when, you're, when you are a talent buyer like myself, there's actually like a lot of statistics that you can find. And even the agencies and other promoters and stuff will tell you that Calgary is one of the strongest markets for hip-hop when it comes to tours, right? The thing is, is with that One Love stuff, it's very different, right? I mean, with One Love and 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 what happened with that situation like i can genuinely say that one love experience that 3 years it it put me in a very difficult place mentally because it was some of the most like i literally was working 14 15 hour days i like, could put a, it put a strain on my relationships it like it was difficult right and i don't think people understand i didn't understand how difficult it will be to do a festival, and when you're talking about some of the issues, that are, they're very specific to festivals. Because when artists commit to a tour, the tour is going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, it's like 20 dates, right? So the tour is going to happen. But when you're booking a festival, you're telling like, yo, Corey, I'm booking you seven months in advance on this one particular day. So you have no reason to leave your city except for this festival yeah. in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and most likely it's going to be raining outside. <laughs> right. Fuck. So that, yeah. that was very difficult, right? What's no, that's, yeah, I, I we're
0: understand saying, that. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well,
3: no. uh, it, it. <laughs> 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 I was going to say you hit it out of the park with the first one, love, like. I don't think like there was any failures in the first one, love at all, and like I'm sure some of the second ones weren't like of your own doing, of course, but like I feel like it was <laughs> like a Tyson KO punch with the lineup in the first one, and then the second one there was good artists, but it was like for people like Corey who are really into like really invested in the depth of hip hop,
2: where there's yeah. other
3: people there and they're all whispering like they're only there for Migos. That's all they care about, yeah. so they can get that ten second mm-hmm. Snapchat video that I saw, amigos, and you didn't. Fuck you, and then they leave. <laughs> like yeah. they're not true, like hip hop fans, like somebody like Corey. Um, yeah, because I was.
2: No, you you hit it, you hit it on the head, dude. Like honestly, like so, the first one, love, you know that show sold out, but you know I don't know how far this is going, but we we oversold that show, right, and so that's yeah. why. You know, I mean, it was so that if that day would have been sunny and plus twenty, oh, yeah, like it it would have changed the perception of people attending that festival. And and I didn't realize the the psych the like the the ment- mentality and 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 the way people experience a festival, how much that impacts subconsciously what you're going to do next year and stuff like that, right? Because mm-hmm. the the point of a festival when you're growing it. Like if you look at the biggest festivals in the world, they'll sell out before they even announce a lineup because they just people just want to go for that experience. I mean, of course the artists are an important factor, but the experience, right? So it was it was really it was really shitty that we had that weather that we did. But I agree with you. That first lineup was amazing.
3: I said before too, one thing I appreciate. I, I think I did security for your second because you had three ones, you did it for the third right?
2: one. That's right, yeah.
3: Was it yeah. the third? I thought it was no, the, you second. Did the third one. That was one. What- wasn't the third one at the park with the EDM festival yeah. too?
2: Third one was at at uh, Max, Bell. Max
3: Yeah, Bell. so it was the second one where it was at that park in the Northeast, and like that's right. God bless uh, nobody Elliston got park. shot because it's in yeah. the Northeast. Um, <laughs> it was at
2: Ellison, Park.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I did security for your second one, yeah. and uh, there was some like people I had never heard of, and like like Jazz Cartier is like one i have in rotation now and i wouldn't have heard of them unless i was there that day at your festival so i was saying that's that's one thing you do is you bring a lot of people to calgary who you know if you're willing to give it a shot and go to these festivals you're gonna become a fan of a lot of it's gonna expose you to a whole new group of music right like for sure
2: yeah yeah i mean i just think and and that's what at the end when it when the the second one didn't work out well the 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 common thing that everyone said to me is that you're building a lineup that is for L.A., it's for New York. Like, you're you're building a lineup that's kind of ahead of its time for Calgary, right? Mm-hmm. Because to me, you know, one of my favorite artists and a girl that does not tour, and I was able to bring her here, uh, Janae, I'm talking about Janae Aiko, yeah. right? And, oh, and shit, uh, you know, when I confirmed that, I was like... Again, I had dialed in so much to this festival that I think I lost a bit of perspective on what city I live in, and you know what? Probably booking Snoop would have sold more tickets, right because we we were still in that place where the you know it's like you go with what works
3: i think I think the only reason calgary. I think the only reason Calgary fucks with Snoop Dogg so much is because Martha vouched for him so white people feel white people feel safe around him they're like he's not one of those dangerous ones like he's he's cool I guess
2: <laughs> yo, I, lo- I love yo I love Snoop I, I mean that there's no disrespect but you know what I'm trying to say it's like I was just trying to build a lineup that had that that cool factor to it that is like you know we had tyler the creator think about the dude just not not this year but 2020 he he won three grammys right yeah you had tyler early yeah i mean you brought you brought ty dollar sign
1: early too like when ty dollar sign came (laughs) he only had one album out like
2: but do you see what i mean it's it's because if you are entrenched in talking to agents every day you're talking to people in new york and la you start thinking, this is the f-, you know booking Tyler, booking Janae, booking you know uh, Action Bronson. Like these are the guys that oh, to gosh. me at that time are like think about that right. When you look at when you say to someone, "Hey, this festival didn't do well," and someone in like in in in, in L.A. is looking at this lineup, they're like, "How the fuck did this not sell ten thousand tickets?" This mm-hmm. is like this is this is a home run, mm-hmm. but and that's a learning experience for me, right? Because you have to understand where you are, right? You can't, you can't try to sell something in a city where they're not ready, right? And, and maybe we were just a little bit ahead of our time because I think that now, as we discussed in the beginning, hip-hop is, is again, it's the biggest thing in the world. And I think now those acts that maybe people weren't familiar with more of the kids are up on that now, I believe. Even in yeah. Calgary, yeah. right? Well
1: Benny kinda hit it on the head when he was talking to us about how Calgary kinda rides like the hype train a little bit when it comes mm. to when it comes to musical artists. Like, yeah. you know, it's I was telling him, I was like, you know, the third one love, you had Lauren Hill, but the Migos were the headliner mm. because, you know, Migos had bad like had bad Bougie out at the time, but it's like, yo, that's Lauren Hill, like Lauren Hill is one of the greats, and if, yeah. for me personally, as like a hip hop yeah. fan, if I look at that, if I look at the bill for that lineup, I'm going for Lauren Hill. I'm going for Wale. I'm going for you brought Anderson Pack. Anderson Pack only had two albums out at the time too. Like those are the people I. Yeah. Those are the people I want to see. But what is the general consensus in yeah. the city want to see? They want to see the Migos. Right. Like if when I was at that yeah. festival,
2: you hit, you hit the nail when on I was the at head. that
1: festival, it wasn't even really packed until later because people are people are showing up later when the Migos are getting ready to come on.
2: Migos, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. Yeah, no, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, man. You hit the nail on the head. It's just, just the, uh, the nature of the city, right? I mean, I, I'm not gonna. Again, the thing is, you have to understand. Like, I love being in Calgary. I, I mean, to me, again, like I said. You know, I'm not going to take all the credit for it because there's even some of my competitors that at, at the growth of it have put in a lot of work to get the Calgary hip-hop scene to where it is, right? I mean, I do feel like myself, my company has played its part and done a lot to to grow that culture. And again, like I said, Calgary is a great place for hip-hop, for, for selling shows, for concerts, Right. It's just the festival game is a whole, whole different animal. Like, you can't imagine the, you know, like the Travis Scott shit that happened on the, the, first, on the one, first, yeah. uh, first one love, right? I mean, that, that to me is like a, people don't realize you're at the mercy of the artist, right? People don't realize that. Now, if you buy a ticket to a show, you have all the right to complain get upset I, I I will never tell a person who bought a ticket to my show that you can't tell me how I can make the show better. but I wish people could hear some of the conversations and really understand like how this stuff happens, and I don't think they would blame the promoter most of the time because it's really we're powerless when it comes to some of that stuff that happens, i don't know i don't right? know
1: if you can go into it too in depth but like what's that what's that process like of like you know reaching out to the agents like you know like the whole process of booking a show and like so what you go through just to even get it to happen
2: yeah so basically you know the way it works is so i'll use travis as an example like on the festival but the, the, you know if, if an artist is about to go on tour then it's a it's a whole different ball game right you you can create a tour by by approaching an agent and saying, "Hey, like let let's do this." Or a lot of the times, the agent will just call you and say, "Hey, we're going to do so and so." You know, send me some offers, da 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 da, and then so that that's you know pretty simple. But again, that came with a lot of hard work, right? Like me having to knock down those doors with these agents, so then you know they call and say, "Hey," and and they look at Calgary now as a viable market. Um, You know, so that once those doors are knocked down, then the process becomes a lot simpler, right? Then it's just about the money aspect of it, you know, committing to a a certain deal. There's, you know, many different deals you could do with a concert, right? Uh, um, Like someone like Jay-Z, not only do they get a fee, but they get like 90% of the revenue that it generates as well, right? Yeah, it's a little bit more detailed, but they have like these versus deals where, you know, they're either going to get, agreed upon amount or whatever ninety percent of of like the total gross so whatever' higher right so um that process is simple, but on a festival it's it's an absolute like war zone like you you have to really really be able to you have to pay a little bit more for the artist than they're probably worth at the time to be able to get them to commit to a one-off, right? Because you're literally leaving everything for that one day. Again, you're not going to L.A., you're not going to Atlanta, you're coming to Calgary, right? And you have to pass the border and and all of that. We all know our border, how hard it is. It's like one of the hardest countries to get into, right?
1: Do you still struggle with that personal and business aspect of booking artists? like? Are there some times where you're still like, man, I still really want to bring this guy because I like like I fuck with him so heavy. But then you're like, oh, like maybe I can't because I don't know if the city's really going to like embrace him like that.
2: Yeah. 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 One of the biggest lessons I've had to learn, right, is is the guys that I listen to, the guys, you know, like there's a uh, back in 2019. I was like, I don't know if you guys remember this female rapper. Her name was Nitty Scott.
1: I don't think so. Does man. anyone remember
2: her? Anyways, like I was just like bumping her stuff, but and I was like, "Oh, should I book this girl?" and it would have like it would have done like a can of tuna in sales, right so it's like it, it it's not going to to work, so being able to separate you know business from your own personal taste is is absolutely one of the biggest things I've learned right I mean, doing shows with artists that you don't listen to that that that's a part of the game right and vice versa, not being able to do artists that you love because they're not going to do the business, you have to recognize that because otherwise you won't yeah. be in business, right? So
3: well, I think one I was disappointed with was Young MA. Like I don't know if you were involved with that yeah. one. I think you were. Yeah, that
2: was my show. Yeah.
3: I was kind of disappointed like when you go there and the crowd's like half full and then she plays like ooh like three times or two times or whatever it was cuz that's all the people came to hear cuz I think at the time that was like her biggest hit. But yeah. right before the pandemic, me and Herbie were lucky enough to catch her in Vancouver. Yeah, I went out to see him in Vancouver, and we saw her there. And it was, like, wall-to-wall people. And, like, I felt like that's a kind of both-way respect. Off. Like, her show was, like, amazing. And I feel like she gave a half-ass, half-ass effort in Calgary because the crowd was kind of doing the same, right?
2: Yeah. You know, the one thing I noticed in Calgary is that those artists that, like, kind of have, like, one big song, and then – and then they kind of die off, those artists don't do well in Calgary. Yeah. Right? The artists that do well in Calgary is, are the guys that have the real fan bases. They, I, I, I find that's where these kids are. It's actually a very, very great space for us because, like I said, like, the average fan couldn't name you know, Corday's biggest song, right? Yeah. But, but we sold that show out two and a half weeks in advance. Right, mm-hmm. and it was it was insane, right? Yeah. But you do these artists that are kind of have like those club bangers, almost like that gangster rap, the way rap used to be, right? Because it transitioned, right? Rap, like probably in in the two thousand five six, was really in that element where it was like the club rapper, right? Yeah, and that was the same reason why it was so hard for us to. Book shows because there was a level of, you know, that element, that violent element to hip hop because it was gangster rap. Right. So if you look at like a young MA, she's still on that lane of like a gangster rapper, right? Yeah. Like she still raps about the stuff that, you know, a lot of these rappers raps about back in the day. She's super talented, but I found that, that that era of hip hop, in my opinion, when it comes to like sales, it's done. Like, I don't think those types of art, like Rick Ross yeah. didn't do well in Calgary. Right, think about that. Like Rick Ross is which right? is crazy,
1: because he's he's one of the best
2: rappers.
0: Just crazy to just think yeah. about. Period.
3: Like how, like, dude, it's
0: it's insane I think, that he did. Like it. two
3: things, two things kind of sunk Rick Ross a little bit. Was that like it came out that he was like a parole officer at one time or something like that? So it was like his street yeah, cred went yeah. down a little bit, and then once he like passed out off chicken grease i think people thought he was a little less bulletproof so like you know like <laughs> he's not as like this untouchable like mystique like something it's like what this guy did what that's he mainlined frito and passed out like huh yo
2: frito you frito in the north that's the joint right there in calgary dude come on
3: Shout out to Frito.
2: No, <laughs> in Saddle Ridge, man. Yeah, that's Andrew's in hood, Saddle Ridge. Bro. Yeah, that's better than Popeyes. anything. Yeah,
3: that's, that's Seniors Pizza lives. too. Shout out Seniors I, Pizza. I, I, there. Yo,
2: I used to live there. I'm telling you, the guy. I just had to just text the guy. I didn't even have to send him my order. I'm like, yo, it's on, and he just bring me the chicken. I was like, a block away from there, so solid. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. What was uh? What was your? Do you find uh, that um? Go ahead. I was going to say, no, like a lot of people like, so you say that, you know, um, I find that a lot of people like dabble in hip hop, they usually get mixed into like R&B. You're saying that Calgary is one of the strongest tour wise for rap acts. Do you ever find that you've wanted to bring in R&B acts or that Calgary is not necessarily strong for that, you know, like offering more maybe intimate venues or do you find that you want to bring them like certain artists in to maybe mix into some of your you know, like be an opener or kind of like mix it in a little bit into the rap. Mm. And like Calgary doesn't really take like r- to it and they're not there yet.
2: To, to R&B, like r yeah. and like R&B, R&B
0: specifically, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's good. That's good. That's a great question because the thing is, um, the le- as you said that, what went through my head was the weekend. Mm-hmm. Because we, so we did the weekend show at Jubilee the first weekend show yeah. here, right? Oh, yeah. And that was a great example of, I don't know if I ever put a, sale on, uh, a show on sale where I had no idea what was going to happen. Shit. Okay. Because The weekend hadn't dropped an album yet, right? This was mixtape weekend. Yeah. And, and I, man, I wish I could remember some of the details on how I booked that show. But essentially, like we paid them a good amount of money and we, for it. the first time, yeah, <laughs> we, we, well, no, it, was, it wasn't that, it wasn't that. I mean, he, I, we paid the same as like everyone did on the tour, but I'm yeah. saying relative to an artist who's never dropped an album and literally you ask 10 people and seven of them don't know who The Weekend is mm-hmm. at that point, right? But the crazy thing is those three people in every group, they'll pay fucking $200 right. to see The Weekend. So, so when we it was an R and B act, it was like one of the first R like we haven't done many R and B acts. So that to me, I mean, if you can even call Weekend R and B, I guess he's a little bit more like has his own style. But um, we did it at the Jubilee, mm-hmm. and one of the best shows. I mean, I remember Akita, That was probably one of his favorite shows that we ever produced because it was like, we had never done that. I remember standing there with the the venue GM and all you saw was like clouds of weed smoke (laughs) in the fucking Jubilee. And she's looking at me saying, wow, like, you know, this crowd really likes that marijuana. I remember (laughs) that conversation, right? Like, I remember, I was like, my wife was on one side and like the venue person was here and they're like, yo, like they're smoking a lot of weed. And I'm like, I can't believe we're in the fucking Jubilee doing the weekend and everyone is smoking weed in like, and tomorrow they're going to have like the ballet <laughs> here or something like that. Right. So yeah. it, 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 was sick, but yeah, I mean, I know a lot of R and B fans, but I think right now, like, do you really think R and B in general in music has the type of lane that it did? Like no. maybe when we grew up or maybe it's- yeah, I'm not, you understand, like it's very different right now yeah. when you talk about R and B, right?
0: Well, yeah, because I think a lot of people, and I don't know if this comes—I don't know if this—you would—you would know better, but I don't know if this comes from like agents or it comes from labels that they sign to. But I find that a lot of people label themselves as an R and B act, or a lot of people are just trying to distance themselves from being labeled at all because they say that they do a lot of a lot of little things here and there. They're their own sound, but it's hard to find the vocalists, right? Because R and B is very vocal based, and. I yeah I find it's very hard for a lot of these acts who come out, they'll bring out one, two songs on a on like a ten track on a ten track album and I'm kinda sitting there and going cool, like sweet, you got two songs for replay value. Yeah. The rest of them are just like super produced, got them like a little bit of like kicks from like um them hi hats and the kicks from rap and hip hop and then that's it. I think like, R- that's how you R- get R and B is Things like that-
1: transitioning though, it's kind of like people are taking that Bryson Tiller sound a lot now. Into their R and B, like Bryson Tiller kind of opened yeah. up this door where it was like, you know, you can put these trap beats on an to an R and B song and sing over them and kind of do that siggy rappy, where it, it's almost like mm-hmm. you can't really tell if these guys are R and B singers or are they rappers who can sing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of
2: hey, Corey, you and I had this conversation about Tory yeah. Lanez where I think when first Tory came out. You and I were arguing, and and at you were saying no, he's an R and B singer, and I'm like no, he's a rapper, right? Yeah, I'm like he's a rapper who sings, like no, he's a singer who raps, right? But you hit the nail on the head, like I I mean, I don't know if I'm I'm overstating this, but I think it's it's the Drake effect, man. I think Drake changed the game when it comes to this, right? Because Drake came out and said I'm gonna rap my ass off, which a lot of people I get into debates. I think Drake. Is a fucking real spitter I don't know why people don't give him that respect But he's a real Bush spitter a But then he <laughs> yeah, you know, Oh dude You 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 have to You know I, I don't know if I can fully tell the story But you have to uh, Remind me to say that story when Push and, and Drake Were going back and forth Because I'm super tight with Push's manager He's actually a brown dude So you know <laughs> we kind of hit it off and shit So, Who's Steven Victor? No, 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 no. I'm not going to say his name <laughs> If
1: I tell you the story, of might, he might, yeah. Oh, well, off, off, off mic, off mic, off mic. No, I can
2: tell you the story, but when they're going back right. and forth in that battle, dude, like, because, you know, they just think Canada is one place sometimes, right? So, yeah. so we, were, we were talking some shit back and forth. But anyways, um, I think Drake really changed that whole R&B feel because, you know, everyone started doing, like you said, these these songs that are kind of hip-hop beat, mm-hmm. but they're singing in this, like, emo way. And that really, if you look at, that's 40s production, and that's Drake's vocals, right? Yeah. That really changed that era. Like, I remember Jamie Foxx, Trey Songz, they all started making Drake-type records, right? Mm-hmm. And people don't know, Drake wrote a lot of that Jamie Foxx and Trey Song stuff. So all these people that say Drake don't write... You go look up the credits on the songs you wrote for Beyonce, for Trey songs, for Jamie Foxx. So I think that's the Drake effect. When you talk about an R and B lane that doesn't exist in the traditional ways that it used to, I think that's the I think that's the Drake effect.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's hard to find those genuine R and B like back. I think it's too much being based off of. Because growing up with my dad, he was super heavy into R and B. You know, all the kind of the soul music. And I still, like, a lot of that, I think, influenced my music and the m- stuff I listen to now. So maybe it's partially my bias trying to always look for what used to be, but it isn't anymore. Like, it's mm. not there anymore. It's evolved to a point yeah. where, I, like, I still enjoy it. You know, like, I still listen to her. I, I still fuck with Brent Fayez pretty hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. I find that he's...
1: Bro, Gibeon's the one right now. But, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, but,
0: like, I don't know. Even then, <laughs> like, he had, like, that that, like, Drake feature, right? Like, that was what just kind of, like threw him up again it was you know
2: <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I agree i think chris brown chris uh, brown is probably one of the only guys that yeah. you think of that's yeah. been doing it for a long time i mean and, and i mean he still tries to rap but but overall i think he's probably one of the best r&b singers of our generation i think some of the the controversial stuff that happened maybe took what he's done you know, out of you know, it took it in a different way. But Chris Brown, to me, I mean, he's been around for for a very long time, very successful, great great performer. Uh, it can sing his ass off. So to me, he hit him, Usher. You know, but new new generation, right? New generation wise, I think they all fall into that very like even even like SZA, right? Like if you look at her, I mean, you know, the same. Like she's an incredible singer, great performer, but it, it she 's not typical in the way that you say r and b like yeah. what we 're used to I right? would say
3: one of the things yeah. that pissed me off the most during like any concert i 've attended. I did security for Usher and he had the roots he had the roots as his band yeah. And a lot of people once his set yeah. was over were like leaving disappointed, like he should have had a DJ, like I don't want to hear this, like and I was like, dude, you have the you have double, like oh you goodness. have the roots and like how are you complaining right now? They, they were like upset that they weren't yeah, and the roots that he are didn't it. just have a DJ. They're like they wanted it more like I don't know
2: Like the like tracks. They want one. to hear the actual tracks versus yeah, the Yeah, they don't, the don't want to hear the live, live, the live yeah.
3: like acoustical style or whatever. But I was like, That's insane that you wouldn't be like, Well, wow, I what? get two for one here.
1: You know what the thing is with that, Andrew? It's like one. It has to do with a lot of people don't understand who the roots are, like you know. But number two, a lot of pe- it's uh people who don't appreciate music. You know, like people mm-hmm. people say they appreciate music, but they really just appreciate like the fact that they can go out and dance to the song at a club. Yeah. But like you know, I love now when you watch. You know what I love is like NPR Tiny Desk. And one of my favorite ones I've seen is a uh, Roddy Rich, and Roddy's out there playing the like Roddy's out there playing the piano. I didn't know homie could play the piano, and he's like singing and rapping, and he's got a band behind him. I'm like, yo, music sounds so much better when you have a band accompanying you as opposed to a DJ just mm-hmm. pressing play on a track. And that's that's what it boils down to is people don't appreciate the fact that you know, a lot of these guys like they just think they hop in the studio and they. They get on a song, but they're real artists, they're real musicians outside of what they that final production is. So when they perform these songs, they wanna come out and show that they're artists. Yeah. Like they're not just these cookie cutter, yeah. like you know, a lot of these guys are industry plants. There are a couple people who are really big that are industry plants. I don't wanna like I don't wanna say names just in case just in case this like picks up traction, but like <laughs> <laughs> Cause there's there's me cause me and Tark have had conversations specifically about like female rappers who there's there's two that I can just go without saying that you know for a hundred percent like they're
0: it's because you're misogynistic just say it
1: with no bro other. there's listen there's you know what fu- I'll fuck it I'll say it I, I'm not booking these artists I'm not Bugsy uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. no okay like me and Tark were talking about you know you got. You got Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion who are probably if you look at female rap artists they're the two biggest in the world but then I don't think they're the best female rappers. Like for me the best female rapper like who's out right now who's active is Rhapsody. Just in terms mm. of like actually actually being a lyricist who can actually rap who can, who can write rhymes but she doesn't get the same recognition as those two why because they get the whole industry pushed behind them, mm-hmm. and then Rhapsody gets kind of pushed to the that's side. Fair. So you know you get you get that a lot, and that's that's where and that's when it boils down to people not knowing who the roots are, and they don't like the, the fact that the roots are playing with Usher because. They, I'm, glad the you, roots industry plants. I'm glad you said that because
3: I was literally about to rage. I thought you were going to expose Monster X and BTS, and I was like not having that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing I talked about um when we had um Benny on was I think it would be cool if kind of like Ladlock Festival, um, you know, like if at I hope there's another one love someday, but um if you did kind of like a 2k the yard like where there's like a spot where you can play three-on-three basketball there's a spot where there's like a clothing like maybe like 100% legit or something like the whole culture of it instead of just like <laughs> like maybe not that's this this i just aged
2: myself legit. i aged myself 100%
3: legit <laughs> <But> you <laughs> know what, what i mean
1: what talk, you want know like, to talk about a uh, uh,
2: tape cassette deck and shit next like
3: Yo, as long as you book, as long as you book, chain reaction, we're all good.
2: Oh my goodness! Dude. Shit, I think this guy was around when hip hop was invented. Is he man. still
3: alive? Can you reach out? I'm I'm concerned. <laughs> That man was peddling CDs.
2: I remember that guy, man. Most of them them were blank.
3: Most of them were blank. My (laughs) friend paid 20 bucks and got home, and he's like, dude, the CD was blank. (laughs) Oh, my.
2: Yeah, I remember that. Things have changed, man. Things have changed. Like, that corner hustle was real. That shit was real. Dude, they
3: had, like, lowriders in the street, like, blocking off with cones. They were filming, like, music videos in front of 100% legit at one point.
2: (laughs) (laughs) nuts, nuts. I, mean, I actually, I actually started off i don't know if many people know this but i actually started off as an mc when i was like 15 16 years old that's what Bugsy i, Brown? I central, all these battles <laughs> no, i'm serious I mean, and i i mean i'm not going i'm not going to be arrogant and stuff but i was dope as fuck like i'm not i'm not gonna like it All right. Like, all right I, no actually so that's i actually it. won a couple battles when i was very young and that's how i got into this industry because there was this uh there's this crew called Beat Matrix, mm-hmm. right? And uh, they, they used to, like, run the city. They did all the big shows. Like, when I say shows, I mean parties because there really wasn't a lot of concerts back then. But they did do a couple. They did, like... I remember they did a Ludacris show that I opened for. They did a Snoop show that I opened for. Uh, they did a De La Soul show. I don't know if you guys... I don't know how many here... Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, I actually got with them because they heard about me through like the battles I was winning and stuff. And then they kind of came to the, uh, to, to my, uh, I think it was in the hood somewhere and they say, "Yo, like start rolling with us. And I started off by handing out flyers. Like I literally used to be that kid that put flyers on your car, you know, and, and it was on the windshield of your car. That's what I, that's what I started off doing with these guys. And that's how I got into this industry. that nice. So
3: That's crazy. what I tried to do for one of your One you Love even, shows. We were downtown with Kita and uh, yeah. Corey, and a couple of people were like slinging out flyers for it. And I grabbed a bunch just for fun. And I was like, if I, I, appreciate I can't that, remember man. what I said, like, if I get away like X amount of tickets sold, like, give me in for free or something. And so I started just going up to yeah. people and I was like, excuse me sir have you heard about our lord and savior one love and they're like because they're thrown <laughs> off because at first they're like oh god here we go wait what a concert oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was cool though you and like kita were even on uh, breakfast television i think at one point
2: yeah yeah we did a couple of interviews on that second one love we did a bunch of those so yeah it was good uh, man. that's
0: crazy shit
1: I wanted to ask, like, what was so? What was your introduction into hip hop? Like, what kind of drew you towards hip hop? Is like, you know, like what gravitated you towards it?
2: So, I my first CD, and it wasn't even my my brother, but the CD was Warren G's first album. It was uh, I think the album was called Regulator, right? It was it was the first album, and that that I mean, I, I just gravitated to it, man. I think I think that. You know, hip hop is is so unique, right? Because it's it's not just the music, it's it's like a lifestyle, right? And especially like I mean, if you grow up in, in like the northeast and stuff like that in ethnic communities, um, I don't know, and I'm not trying to, you know, stereotype it or anything like that, but I just kinda feel like a lot of you know, kids where, you know, maybe your dad like my dad left at a very young age my mom was working at two two three jobs and and like i just think that a lot of the people you end up being around are in like similar positions to you and for some reason that like that hip-hop music just it just like hits your soul man and i just like fell in love with it at a very young age like like very very young and um yeah it's like you know i mean that's that's the difference when people ask me you know, when I talk to people who do other types of music, I'm like, it's just not the same because hip hop is not just the music. It's 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 a lifestyle. It's like the way you walk, the way you dress, the way you talk. It's 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 all of it together, right? So yeah, very young age, and you know, like it's a blessing that I get to work within the parameters of that culture, right, and that that genre. Like I. You know it's 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 it, it it's something that's amazing to for me to be able to just like always be around music artists that i i would listen to either way so yeah man hip-hop like big influence in my life man no that's that's dope man
0: no i think you're doing it justice though with everything you're you're doing within calgary so that's that's props you know like the city should give you props i should appreciate you for it because you've done a lot so far you brought a lot of good shows. Well, I appreciate it, man. I know that like a lot of the shows I've attended, and they've always gone off. Yeah, they've always been a good time. I've never regretted going. Like I would easily, like you were saying, with the weekend, people would drop two hundred bucks. Like yeah, if you, if you threw an intimate show with him, or you put him in a venue that wasn't like the Saddle Dome, like I dropped hundred hundred, mm. like hundred fifty plus just to go see him like floor seats on that one. But I'd mm. easily go to like another venue, see him closer, like the JID show. He's like fairly priced tickets. One of the best shows I've been to. So,
2: yeah, that show was dope. Even Corday. I don't know did you go to Corday? That to me. I didn't end up
0: going to Corday. I don't think I was in the city when that one. I I think he's
2: the next one, man. I think he's the next one.
3: And that's the thing I, I like is you, you bring all these people here right before, like usually it's right as they're about to cook, right? Like it's it's dude, close to that boiling that's point. That's how
2: we have to do it, man. Mm-hmm. No, it, it, you, it's true, man. For us, we have to. We have to do that. We have to yeah. project artists, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, um, that's what happened with uh, Travis Scott. Like I booked Travis Scott for One Love when, you know, he was
1: his album was, hadn't dropped.
2: His album hadn't dropped. Yeah, and that that and. Literally, I, I booked him, and we got him at an amazing price. But remember, we book artists seven months in advance. Mm-hmm. So when you see it, we've had him booked. And literally, as the festival was coming closer, I was like, I saw how much bigger he was getting. Remember, he was on, like, the third line, like, on a festival lineup. Yeah. Like, for for those who don't know, like, on a festival lineup, the headliner will be at the top in, like, big, bold letters. And then as you go lower every line, it represents, like like artists that are not as big, right? Mm -hmm. That's the the concept. So we had Travis after Wale, I think, after MGK.
1: No, I think he was, he would have been, I thought he was going to be before them, like.
2: No, that's what I mean. They were, they were after, he did build after, meaning, yes, he would have played very early. But by the time the festival was coming around, he had become so popular I was like, fuck. Like I, I was waiting for the agent to call and say, we need more money because he's so much bigger. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get that call, which was fantastic. But the call I did get was about how his album was dropping on the same weekend as our festival, right? So the, the agent calls me and says, yo, we can't be in Calgary the day his album drops, right? Yeah. And I was like, you know, I fought, I fought I, I'm screaming at these guys, But there's nothing you could do. I mean, we have a contract, but what are you going to do? You're going to sue Travis Scott and then the industry, a lot of the agents and stuff, they're not going to work with you. Artists are not going to work with you. You can't sue artists, right? Um, And in reality, come on, like if you're Travis Scott and you're dropping at that time the biggest album of your life, do you want to do a CD release party in Atlanta, then New York and LA, or do you want to be in Calgary? Yeah,
0: that's a good point.
2: Right? So, you can't even blame them, but then we have to pull them off, and then it's like, oh, you guys told us Travis is going to be here. You guys are fucking assholes. And it's like, you know, again, you buy a ticket, you have a right to to say that, right? But I wish people sometimes understood what was going on behind the scenes that, hey, it's not like I said, you know what? Travis is too big. Let's just kick him off this festival yeah. so people don't get to watch him, right? Like that. that, you know, it's like, so that part is very frustrating and that was the first lesson i learned about doing a festival in calgary is that you know it's not coachella it's not you know uh, uh rolling loud and, and artists aren't going to be like hey like we need to play this for the look yeah they're playing it for the money and that's it really because it's not branded yet right that's a good point i know uh,
1: yo andrew ask you i know andrew wanted to ask a question <laughs> real quick
3: I was just saying you said like your future project is like um is going to be called Desert Drip is that what you said?
2: Yeah, so I'm working on a on like on a a new festival in in Las Vegas. I actually had to message uh um my partners in in Vegas because I wanted to see if we're ready to announce, but we are. We are. So we're going to be doing August long weekend, September long weekend. It's uh This coming? Th- this year? Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, in the next couple months here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, you know it's Everybody called-
1: get your vaccines, bro. I'll meet you there. I
2: told you, man. You you come get order bottles at the club. It Comes with Moderna. <laughs>
3: <things>. <laughs> and is there going to be like packages out of Calgary because you're based out of Calgary? So I was wondering if there would be like flight, airfare, hotel, we whatever, uh, yeah, right? we're,
2: we're going to do yeah, we're going to do a a special link that I'm I'm going to put on. Just follow Two Towers uh, on Instagram or whatever, and we're going to once mm-hmm. we announce it officially, there'll be a link from. Uh, uh, from us and that link will, will give you like a discounted price for the, the festival and stuff like that because we made sure that anyone who buys tickets from Canada are not paying the same types of, uh, ticket prices as the local people because obviously we know that there's travel involved and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's not a, it, it's a festival almost like, uh, uh, South by Southwest where it's like, different venue experiences right so it'll be it'll be like right, you get a ticket okay. and it gets you into like seven different concerts uh and and it'll be like big big artists at, at like the the best venues in vegas outdoor indoor pool parties
3: that'd be cool if you could get one in the the new raiders stadium nightclub in the end zone <laughs> yeah that's a good idea man
2: that that would be for kita man if we ever did that yeah, right absolutely
3: the kita the kita vip section yeah yeah if you uh if you do end up needing a, a clown for a dunk tank though i am available
2: <laughs> just let me know <laughs> this guy got jokes
3: man just drop him into a, a just a dunk tank a henny all right <laughs> just the player haters ball like i just dissed whatever they're
2: wearing whatever they look like and dunk me oh man yo but yeah
1: that'll be sick yeah. so. yo bugs are bad thanks for kicking it with us today it's taking some time out of your yeah, weekend no problem like, man
2: no product appreciate you guys having me on
1: yeah it's good for us man we appreciate you sitting down and talk with us you know giving us like the insights into what two towers does you know what's been going on in the city mm-hmm. you know
3: look forward to coming anything coming out from two towers in the future now that things look like they're turning the corner yeah. at least
2: yeah hopefully man hopefully we get back to some normalcy and we can start you know popping off some shows and get back to get back to being around each other man
3: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, did you already plug everything like yeah where yeah, everybody yeah. Can make go sure you, sure you out and plug check out everything. all
2: your stuff uh yeah i mean just two two is the website uh instagram is uh two towers ca uh, myself um uh, at bugsy brown i yeah, mean just uh Things should be popping soon. And, uh, yeah, like Vegas is happening. That, that's happening. And I know, um, I mean, you guys are going to love some of the acts that we're working on right now for the end of the year. So hopefully those, those happen and we can uh, all enjoy a concert awesome, very so. soon, you know?
1: I dig yeah. it. Thanks dig to it. everybody who's, uh, who's listening to this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, you know, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the sun. Be safe, get vaccinated, and uh, remember, only you can uh, prevent forest fires.